Heavenly Father, I pray that you would increase our faith today through this lesson, um, the, the gospel account of Jesus interacting with this Canaanite woman. I pray that it would uh, increase our faith in you, Lord, but I pray that you would give us ears to hear your word today. Give me a mouth to preach, and uh, I pray that with the words of my lips and the meditation of all of our hearts would be acceptable in your sight today, our rock and our redeemer. We are going to be in Matthew 15 today. Please grab your Bibles and your pews. We're actually going to jump right into it because I want to make sure that we uh, keep to time today for both services. In Matthew 15, 21, we find Jesus leaving, interacting with the Pharisees and withdrawing to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Where are we? Where is Tyre and Sidon? You know, there really should be a giant billboard mentioned in the scripture that says entering pagan land. Because Tyre and Sidon, the uh, cities of what was formerly known as Phoenicia, were known for their rampant polytheism, worship of other gods, and immorality, sometimes in the mind of the Hebrew people as bad almost as Sodom and Gomorrah. In fact, Tyre and Sidon were largely destroyed by God, though whatever remained of them were still there at this time. Why is Jesus going to Tyre and Sidon? Why is he adventuring towards pagan land? Well, the thing is, is he is, on, on one level, he's leaving the Pharisees as he had a, an interaction with them, a confrontation with them, and he goes away from them. We're not told why, but... Um, I'm imagining in the back of his mind he just wanted to get away from them and escape them. On another level, and they, and they definitely wouldn't follow him uh, towards Tyre and Sidon. On another level, this has to do with Jesus' mission statement, which we will discuss a little bit more in his interaction with this Canaanite woman. But this is the background of where they, uh, the disciples and Jesus have gone. And it's risky. Because we know through the scriptures and especially through um, uh, the New Testament that the Jewish people didn't want to even come close to the Gentiles. Or they might catch uncleanness just by being near them, going into their house. Jesus going to these cities, we might think, wow, he's taking a big risk just getting close. He might catch uncleanness going through this town. While Jesus and the disciples are near Tyre and Sidon in this district, a Canaanite woman from that region comes out and was crying. When we hear the term Canaanite as a descriptor for this woman, I want you to have in your mind Canaan, the pre-Israelite polytheistic pagan nation that God disinherited from this land that he promised Israel, the promised land. They were the former occupants. They uh, worshipped all kinds of gods and participated in many evil practices. Temple prostitution, mass rape, child sacrifice, pagan worship under high places. This is what Canaan was known for in the minds of the Israelite people. Canaan instigated the former kingdom of Israel's split into two. 
the southern kingdom of Judah, and the northern kingdom, the house of Israel. And eventually, the, the influences of Canaan resulted in the northern kingdom, the house of Israel, their defeat and scattering, so that they would be lost forever. Tyre and Sidon, in this area, the Canaanite cities, uh, we should be thinking of the god Baal, who, is, um, who was a stumbling block for the Israelite people for many, many generations, and the evil queen Jezebel, who's from this region, and for her uh, horrendous influence on the nation of Israel uh, many years before Jesus, and that she in instituted many polytheistic practices and made it her life's goal to stamp out worship of Yahweh alone. So this is all in the background. This Canaanite woman comes forward to Jesus. They're walking through pagan land. It's dangerous. They shouldn't even get close to people. This woman comes and, and, and cries out to Jesus. She says, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. This lady sees Jesus, knows that he can provide mercy, calls him Lord multiple times. In fact, through this entire interaction, she doesn't stop calling him Lord. And then she even calls him son of David, saying, you are the inheritor to the throne of David. You are the Messiah. What an incredible uh, preface to her request for help for her daughter. How does Jesus respond? Well, he actually doesn't. He doesn't say a word at first. And his disciples get really agitated that this, this woman from this pagan nation is coming to them and crying out after them. They say, send her away. She is crying out after us. They probably wanted to be inconspicuous, didn't want the attention, didn't want to come close to this woman, could make them unclean. Jesus does finally reply to her, and he gives his mission statement. He says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Remember the northern kingdom that the Canaanites, in their influence, uh, the, the, the pagan influence within the northern kingdom resulted in them being defeated and scattered, never to gather again the Samaritans may have been some of the leftovers of this northern kingdom. But Jesus makes it his goal to go north and to gather the lost sheep of this house of Israel. In fact, in Jeremiah 3, verse 18, we hear, In those days the house of Judah shall join the house of Israel, and together they shall come from the land of the north to the land that I gave your fathers for heritage. Jesus' mission was for the house of Israel, the Israelite nation as it used to be, to bring it back, to reunite it in worship of God alone. And he is saying, you're not my mission to this woman. Now, he's not saying no, a strong no, but he's saying, this isn't why I'm here. I'm here for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. What's fascinating is this woman continues to, to, to request to Jesus. She continues to go after him. She bows down 
We hear she came and knelt. The word there is bow down and worship. She bows down and worships Jesus, again calling him Lord, and says, help me. She's persistent. So it's kind of shocking when we hear Jesus' response to her. It might make us moderns cringe. She says, it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. So she continues, he continues the household metaphor of the household of Israel and talks about the children of a house. But he says, it's not right to give the, the bread that belongs to the kids to the dogs. And now that's obviously just dehumanizing in general to hear. But in the Jewish mind, that's a really, really strong insult because dogs were unclean, unsavory. This might help clarify what, the, what Jewish people believed. In Proverbs 26, 11, we hear, like a dog that returns to his vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. It's not exactly a compliment, then, what Jesus says. Psalm 22, for dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircles me. Dogs are equated with being unholy, unclean, evil. Dogs are used as terms for Gentiles, non-Jewish people, who practiced, who, who worshiped other gods and were immoral. And so Jesus uses this term, dog, to, and it insults. It's an insult. That said, the word is actually a little softer. Uh, the word that he uses is little house dog, which I find to be much more of an insult. I would much rather be a stray that rolls in scraps and stinks than a, a toy shih tzu that is, in, that is held captive in some old woman's uh, home wearing sweater vests that she's knitted. Much worse of an insult, in my opinion. The point being, she is outside of the covenant, outside of the household of God. And his mission is for the people of God and not for her. But listen to her retort. Listen to what she says. She says, yes, Lord. First off, she admits it. She says, yes, I am a non, I am not part of God's people. I am dirty. I'm unclean. I come from people that worship all kinds of other gods and do all kinds of other things. What you're saying is true. That's what an act of humility. And she calls him Lord again. He insults her and she still says, yes, Lord. But then what she says is, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. She says, yes, I'm a dog, but I can at least eat crumbs off the floor, which continues the insult. But what she says is, from the master's table. She calls Jesus master. She says, even dogs are part of the household, even if they are just getting scraps off of the floor. She uses Jesus' own words not against him, but to bring herself into this promise. She says, I-, I might be a dog, but I could at least eat crumbs off of your dinner table. So please help my daughter. And Jesus' response to her reverence, her humility, and her continued persistence is to commend her. And he says, Oh, woman, oh, woman, great is your faith. Be, done, be it done as you desire. 
and immediately her daughter was healed. So this Canaanite woman reveals a lot to us today about God's promises and about what, what we should be like and the faith that we ourselves should possess. The first thing we learn is that there is a sense in which the non-Jewish nations that once worshipped other gods are going to be brought in to God's kingdom, to God's household. We hear this in Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us that and make his face shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power known among all nations. God blessed the people of Israel so that the whole world would become blessed and brought in to the saving power. In Isaiah 49, verse 6, God is speaking to the suffering servant, Jesus, many, many years before Jesus actually came. It says, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. Remember, this is Jesus' mission statement. And God's saying, it's, it's too light a thing that that's your mission. I'm going to expand it. I will make you as a light for the nations, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. If you here today are like me and you, you do not have Jewish descent, you are not part of God's people in your ancestry, you've been brought in. You've been grafted in. You are a Gentile. Your ancestors, like mine, probably worshipped rocks and trees. And yet, God in his mercy has brought you in. Apart from his grace, apart from Jesus' mercy, you and I are dogs. We're unclean, filthy from our, uh, non, from, from our pagan ancestry, from worshipping uh, all kinds of other gods, from immoral practices. And yet Jesus has saved us, delivered us, brought, him in, brought us into his covenant, in part of his household. That's the first thing that the, the, the Canaanite woman reveals to us, is that we ourselves, though we have, that we in our backgrounds are unclean, are brought in. The second, though, is her faith. It is a persistent faith. It's one that does not give up. It reminds me of Jesus' words in Matthew 7. Ask and it will be given. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Do not give up in your trust and persistence and requests to the Lord and your praying to the Lord. It is a persistent faith. I want to point this out. It's not what's commonly called the law of attraction. Like, oh, if you just believe enough, you'll manifest all kinds of things. Because faith, trust, allegiance is in a person. And this woman repeatedly places her faith and is persistent in her trust and allegiance to the Lord. The Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David, who she knows is merciful. That we ourselves, I pray, would have the same faith of this Canaanite woman who is persistent and not stopping to ask and trust in the Lord. 
In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.